Hey guys, I'm Alicia Tova and welcome to The Freelance Hustle, a podcast for go-getters. Each week, I'll be sharing pieces of my story along with fellow hustlers so you can run your business like a pro. We spend two thirds of our lives working. We all deserve to wake up each day knowing what we do matters. That is why I have Emily Moyer on today's podcast episode. Emily is a career and leadership coach who's focused on helping people and companies define their purpose so you can all find meaningful work that we love. Whether you're feeling stuck at your current role, you want to integrate purpose into your company, or are looking to become a leader that you were always meant to be, she is the expert on it all. With over a decade of different experiences coaching, Emily uses a proprietary framework inspired by traditional Western coaching methods and organizational strategy, as well as mindfulness, Eastern philosophy, and ancient wisdom for a holistic results-oriented approach. I am so, so excited for you guys to hear my conversation with Emily. She has been amazing at just opening my mind up again, back to those years where I was laid off from my job, wanting to do photography, but having no idea where I would start. And it's pretty amazing that everything she was listing out are things that I myself did without even knowing. So I hope you guys enjoy. And remember, if you are a fan of this podcast, go ahead and tell a friend, put it on your Instagram story and spread the love. You can hit that subscribe button. You can do anything you want in order to tell someone that would benefit from this podcast. I appreciate all of you. I'm so excited to get into this episode. So enjoy. I got laid off in 2014 from fab.com. It was at the time like a hot new tech startup. And I was number, I think like 50 something, maybe 56 employee. And when I left a year and eight months later, we were at almost 500 employees. So it was that era of like the tech boom. And then they didn't know what to do with all of that funding. And the next thing you know, there were mass, mass layoff. So, oh yeah. I mean, it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me because oh, yeah. that's exactly, yeah, day. it's exactly when I went to start freelancing. So I think for a lot of people, layoffs are a very almost like traumatizing experience, but it's sometimes what you do with it that can really like land you in such a great position. Totally. Can you talk a little bit about if you've had an experience with layoffs or how you, sure. how you'd bounce back from from getting laid off from a job? Yeah. So I was laid off actually on December 5th, 2018. I had been working as first the head of sales and then later the head of brand and content for Remote Year. Do you know what Remote Year is? I do. But for people listening, can you briefly explain what Remote Year is? Yes. The Remote Year is a company. uh, It's actually a venture-backed travel startup that takes people who work remotely on trips around the world. At the time, it was just for a year, but now they've got lots of programs for four months for a month. And I was actually the seventh employee. So super, super early. And we sort of, you know, had, it sounds like similar to what your experience was, we grew really fast. So in the three years I was there, uh, we grew to about 150 people. I grew, I know my sales team from just me to about 30 people. And then I rebuilt our marketing team. And, you know, just as happens to startups, we raised almost like 12, 13 million dollars for our series A. And then it came time to raise for the series B. 
happy and it was just really, really a, a tough environment and, and tough to raise. So we had we ended up having one round of layoffs that I was actually a part of doing the laying off, which was really tough. And then the second round, the whole marketing team got laid off. Wow. Yeah. That's similar to fab.com. There was a huge round of layoffs in October of 2014. I remember I was at my stepbrother's wedding and I just got calls on my phone like, Alicia, Alicia, you wouldn't believe what's happening. And I think around like over at least a hundred people got laid off that day and they all had two weeks severance. And when they went downstairs to get their envelope, they came back upstairs and their email was logged off. So luckily I was a part of the second round, which actually gave me a lot more time to think about my next move. But sometimes for people, it's like, you know, it's goodbye. And then what next? Yeah, it can be really shocking for a Mm -hmm. lot of people, especially if you're not expecting it. What do you think are some tips for people who maybe they were at their full-time job, they had been thinking about going freelance, but never couldn't really fathom the idea of really parting from the nine to five. And then whether they wanted to or not, they had to figure that out for themselves. Where do they even start? Should they get part-time jobs? Should they just stress out on their computer all day? <laughs> like, what have you found that's most beneficial to people in that situation? Yeah, well, I can share exactly what my story was because I think it, it will be pretty helpful. I'd say the first thing is like, it is sort of a shock to the system. So, you know, let yourself sort of feel the feels, feel the things that are coming. I sort of like to say, you know, there's a little bit of a grieving period that happens. You know, you're mourning sort of what was or some dreams that you might have had with that company or what you were working on, right? Or a team that you might have built. But the reality is, is usually, you know, layoffs, they actually just aren't that personal. And it just doesn't really serve you to take it personally. So, you know, after you've sort of given yourself a little bit of a, some, some grieving room, mm-hmm. I'd say let yourself try to move into the perspective and space of, of what's next. Because as it was for you and for me, you know, layoffs can be an incredible open door to a new opportunity and to actually achieving the stuff that you haven't really been achieving because you've been, you know, wherever you were before. So after you sort of like I've taken some perspective, I'd say don't jump in. Like I think there's a lot of pressure when people feel like they need to figure out what's next immediately and jump right into sort of the job hunt or um, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But I think especially if you're trying to figure out if you want to launch a freelance career or start your own business, really giving yourself the space, like almost creating like an accelerator program for yourself. Yeah. Like really figuring out like how, what, what is the big dream? What do you really want? How do you sort of craft that vision for your future? Starting there and then kind of working backwards from that. Actually, you know, one of my, I'd say the most important things that I always tell people to do and, and that I do myself is really getting clear on what your purpose is. Because once you have that, you can sort of figure out all of the other details and no matter what you decide to do, you will make sure that it's, it's aligned with the thing that really lights you up. Yeah. And then from there, really just, I'd say, actually experimenting a little. Like, I think some of the things that trip people up is they think you need to have like a full business plan or you need to have like it all figured out or sort of have all of this sort of structures in place for you to go freelance or build your business or whatever it is. But I actually would say like, especially in the beginning, like just try it, you know, try one client, feel what it feels like to have a client or a customer, right? Try a few different potential avenues for, you know, new revenue streams, meet some new people, talk to people and 
I'd say like, honestly, just get started. I think that one of the, the scariest things can just be ripping off the mandate and saying like, it's me, I'm here world. Like I'm a freelancer doing X, Y, Z thing. Yeah. But it's like, once you rip the bandaid off, it just gets a lot easier from there. And then once you have a little bit of direction, I think that's the point in time when you really, you know, want to build a plan. And for me, the first thing I, I really jumped into was is not sort of what my whole business is based around. And so I think giving yourself a little bit of room to pivot and change as you learn things is also really important too. Emily, you have just so poignantly described my entire existence from 2014 (laughs) to 2015 without even realizing. And it's always been hard for me to describe and explain the process from when I was a full-time employee to now freelance, but oh my God, did you hit those points so accurately? (laughs) I really resonated too with the taking time off. I think I've mentioned this before on my podcast, but I internally knew I needed that so much that I actually went and worked on a farm in California called Woofing. It's Worldwide Organization for Farming. And I just spent three weeks on a farm, like harvesting carrots. And (laughs) in the weirdest way possible, that actually is what propelled me to start my photography business because I was so clear how and what I knew I wanted to do going forward. And there were no external circumstances that were like driving me to make the wrong or the different decision that I knew internally I wanted to go into. So that point especially resonated with me. And I think something that people should really take with them. So I actually, I, you know, I knew that you did that. And I, I was glad you brought that up because I actually went and did my yoga teacher training in Indonesia. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> right after I got laid off. And I, I really had no intention really of, of even becoming a yoga teacher. But I sort of like you just like wanted to do something different and like find some space and some stillness to just be right and let the inspiration come and let my intuition kind of speak to me about how and what was going to be next and honestly it was it was at that yoga teacher training that this idea of becoming a coach really solidified and if I had not done that there's just there's no way that I would have had the clarity that I have now around exactly what I wanted my business to look like so yeah I totally agree I think it's not only just taking time off but it's taking time off to like really be with yourself and reconnect with yourself that I think is and doing something a little outside of your comfort zone even, right? Because it pushes you to create that space for you to think differently about like what you're capable of doing even, you know? Oh yeah. How would you tell people to evaluate their skill set and really build a plan for a fresh start whenever they are ready and have gone through those previous steps? I think even before you're evaluating the skill set, I think that when you get laid off, if you are taking some time off, right? Assuming you're not just sort of jumping in because you are trying to give yourself space to make that plan for the fresh start. I think it's a really incredible time to build some new habits. I know a lot of us have had jobs that are really full of a lot of pressure and where we get really busy and we have a lot of distractions. And I think when you get laid off, it's sort of this like incredible moment in your life where you actually just have some time. And so the first thing I'd say is really see if you can build in some new habits that will be beneficial to you no matter what you decide to do. So I I had been meditating for a while before I got laid off, but I happened to be doing my transcendental meditation course the week that I got laid off. Oh, wow. Which was kind of incredible because I, I ended up having this entirely new habit that, I mean, I'm obsessed with 
with that type of meditation. I absolutely love it. And it ended up being the absolute greatest gift. But I think really for anything, I think just sort of using that time to build the habits that are going to support you on your journey, I think is, is really step one. Step two is I think what you and I kind of talked about in terms of taking time off and doing something new, I think actually exploring a little bit, like exploring different classes or trying something new or actually, you know, as we said, sort of getting out of your comfort zone can be a really nice way for you to have a fresh perspective on what your skill set actually is. And then when you actually sit down, I think there's a ton of great reflection questions that can lead you to actually figuring out what sort of the, the intersection between what you love and what you're passionate about with what your strengths are and, you know, your unique skill sets, your sorry, unique mindsets and experiences to what you can actually get paid for and, you know, what the world needs and what problems need to be solved. And I think the intersection of all of that is ultimately what is going to guide you to either do something or create something that's going to be really, really both valuable to the world, but also meaningful to you and bring a lot of fulfillment to you. I want to pivot because I think for the person listening to this podcast, I think half of them are saying, okay, okay, but what about the tactical? Like, what do I actually need to do? How do I get started? And I think what you pointed out so well is that it really does take a little bit of space and trust and reflection in order to then hunker down and make that game plan and build out spreadsheets and, you know, email clients. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times people don't have that amount of space that they can give themselves to even work on their craft. I mean, I remember the first two years of my business, I remember saying to myself, it's okay if I make no money, I am going to babysit and I'm going to work in a restaurant and I'm going to just get really, really good at photography and build my confidence up mostly because now I can walk into any job at any time of day in any circumstance and say, I will crush it. But back in 2015, like that was not the case. So I know I needed to really work on my skill set if I was going to then have this business backing it. Yep. What do you say to the person who is like, yeah, but I don't have any unique skill sets. Like I don't have a purpose. What would you say to those people? people. Yes, you do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I think those are both, those are two really important, but really different questions. Hmm. So for the person who says, well, I don't, I don't know what my purpose is, or I don't, I don't have a purpose. You do. Everybody does. We all have a purpose because it's just as as humans, we're wired to have purpose and we just don't always know what it is, or we don't always know how to put words to what it is. So if you're just sort of noodling on that, that purpose question, I really always encourage people to really think about it sort of say three buckets of questions. I've got lots of questions to ask, but they fall into three buckets. The first is what really lights you up? What gives you energy? What moments in your life do you feel like you're in flow? Like anything around that, spend some time really reflecting on that. The second thing is what major challenges and major obstacles have you overcome in your life? And how have you sort of healed from those or even started to teach other people how to heal from those using whatever process you used for yourself? Usually your purpose will come out in, in some one of those stories. And the third bucket is all around impact. What do you actually want to see different in the world? What problems do you want to see solved? What do you want to see better? And usually within those three buckets of questions, your purpose will start to show itself through the themes and the words that keep coming up and the patterns. So that's what I'd say sort of around the purpose piece. In terms of the skill sets piece, you know, I think what's really interesting about what you did, Alicia, is you sort of said, I really like this thing, but I know I need to get better at it to do it professionally. And I think there's a lot of people out there who they have this thing they like, but they don't think they're good enough. 
And I think there's two things there. One is, well, there's definitely some mindset stuff around imposter syndrome that I would always recommend people take a real hard look at. Are you just holding yourself back, right? Because those are just limiting beliefs that you can rewrite to be empowering yeah. statements that will really propel you forward. And the second thing is, is actually, do I really need to just get better at this? And if so, like, how can I just get better at it? Which, you know, what you did was you you carved out space and time for you to practice that skill set. And you took on unpaying jobs and you took on other sort of bridge jobs to help you do that, which is an incredible path to actually, it's like you went back to school for photography. You just created your own school. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. And so that's like, you can create your own school for anything. You want to get really good at something, read five books on it. You'll be way better Mm -hmm. than anyone else. Right. (laughs) Like it's just incredible the amount we can learn just by reading and practicing, Yeah, practicing your craft. And then I'd say the third thing is you just do like people, you, you, if you are, you know, no matter who you are, you have done things in your life. You have experiences, you have your own story. And through all of that, there are things that you know more than someone else. You are better at than someone else. You can teach someone else. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of, you know, it doesn't matter if someone else is better at it than you. What matters is that you can help someone else with whatever that thing is, because you're a little bit further along in the process, right? Yeah. So I, I always just encourage people to sort of take a look back at your story and look at where you really made a contribution, where you've really helped someone or where you actually might know a little bit more than someone else about something. And that's really where I think sort of the unique skill sets and the unique gifts and the unique talents kind of come to life. And sort of one little point on that too is what do your friends come to you for? That is usually a huge telling thing, right? Yes. If your friends always asking you to take their picture, always asking you for advice, or always ask for, you know, the best sort of new thing in wellness or whatever it is, you're already sort of giving people something there. And that's a really great place to look to. I would say my greatest strength is my intuitive nature. And I think that's why I embarked on this crazy path that I did because I just couldn't stop hearing the voices that were saying, oh, you're good at photography or, oh, you're good at giving advice or, oh, you're really great at creating space. Hence my new studio that I'm building. And sometimes they're not all going to work out, but I think knowing when to pivot and also staying really in tune with your inner voice and not mixing that up with doubt or overconfidence. I think staying in like a very even keeled lane as you're doing this journey it really has helped me a lot. And I think it'll help others as well. Totally. And I think just to add to that list, other people's voices and other people's expectations and other people's sort of shoulds, right? Mm -hmm. Knowing and listening to your intuition, to your inner knowing, it requires drowning out all of the noise and letting go of everyone else's expectations so that you can actually hear it. I once heard from a CEO that she said it was so cliche, but when she was starting her own company, someone gave her this exercise to close her eyes and just envision what her workspace looks like and her environment looks like. And as cheesy as it sounds, she's, you know, she said something along the lines of, I want a big white space with lots of windows. I want plants. I want it to be an open, just really creating in her mind the type of space and company she wants to work in. And I think for me, 
I've always had that clear mindset too of like, okay, I know I want to show up to a job and have people be excited to creatively work with me and to flow and to create something that they haven't created before. And I kept that in my mind as I was going through my own process. Mm -hmm. And I think as you were talking about imposter syndrome, like even people who you think don't have it, I think everyone will have a little bit of that. But I think that's why it's been so interesting talking to you because you are the professional at helping us (laughs) minimize that as much as possible. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. And you know, cliches are cliches for a reason, Mm. right? So when you think about like, oh, it's like so cliche to like create a vision or vision boards or whatever, like, but they work. (laughs) That's like why we talk about them so much and when people do them so much. So I just sort of always like to kind of come back to that because I even have clients all the time sort of say that their dreams are cliches or whatever it is, but it's, there's nothing bad about a cliche. Cliche is cliche because it's, it's something that's really stuck with, with society. And so we want to repeat it. They're, they're good things. What would you say is the amount of healthy stress versus excitement versus optimism when someone is embarking on this new journey of starting their own product, career, idea, any of the above? So... I think what can happen when someone is starting a new business or starting to go freelance is you start to chase what you think you can make money doing. And what that ultimately can lead to is a lot of stress and a lot of misalignment and a lot of sort of just like not feeling great about what you're building. And what I find is in the moments in my business, when I've been building my business, there are days when I will, there are weeks and I will work 12 15 hours a day, seven days in a row. But it's because I'm so on fire and so excited about what I'm doing. And those days are filled with so much optimism and so much positivity and so much excitement, right? That's what you're aiming for. You're aiming for not necessarily to, you know, the full concept of four-hour work week. Like you're not necessarily aiming, especially if you're building a business, to just like not hopefully to just like not actually work at all. Like you want to be doing work that really lights you up. It makes you feel incredible. And so, you know, you want to find, and and I think at least sort of what I believe is, is the way to do that is really by following your purpose and by following what lights you up and following what feels good. And obviously you need to make money. So you need to figure out what the right balance is. Mm -hmm. But I think it's being really careful not to just go chase wherever the money is. And I'll give you a specific example. I have, over the last year, experimented with events and retreats and consulting and coaching. All very different things. But what it came down to it, I, you know, I've liked all of those things, but coaching has really been the core of everything that I'm doing. And I know when I'm working one-on-one with clients, it's I'm on a different planet. I love it so much, right? Mm-hmm. And these other things, I, I like them a lot, but they're taking energy away from the real core one thing that I know lights me up. So, you know, I think, especially in the beginning, really being careful about, you know, you can experiment with different things and sort of figure out what works for you. But the stress is going to come in when you have too much on your plate, when you're going into too many different directions and you feel scattered and you're not following your purpose. So if you want to sort of stay in that that optimism, you know, positive space, I'd say it's how can I actually try to stay focused and pivot when necessary, but really try to keep it as simple as possible and make sure that, you know, every day I get to do something that lights me up. Who 
do you think is someone that would really benefit from your coaching? Do you suggest people to, you know, jump into that right away? I always joke that there's like a phase one, phase two, phase three of the business, but who could really benefit from your services and like tell us more about what you do in your business and like how people can get in touch with you? I am a career strategist and leadership coach and uh, I'm really focused and I'm quite obsessed with helping successful women craft careers that sort of launch them into the most fulfilling chapters of their life. And I do that really based on, on two things. One is teaching women how to craft strategic career plans that are totally aligned with their purpose. And two, teaching women how to master leadership skills that are going to help them expand their impact and empower their teams. And so those are sort of like the two main tenets. I'd say phase one, as you said, phase one is definitely crafting that strategic career plan. And phase two is is mastering those leadership skills. And so I'm really looking to work with anyone who has probably had a pretty successful career thus far, but is really looking for more meaning and fulfillment in their in their work and in their life. They're, they know there's something more out there for them. They know there's sort of something else that they're looking for in terms of work, but they're just not sure what that is or where to start or how to do it. So yeah, that's sort of the types of clients. I'm sure a lot of people listening are in exactly what you described. So I am really <laughs> excited for people to hopefully be utilizing your services and just taking a deeper look at where they're going in their career and how they can even make small shifts yeah. to really make a huge impact on their lives and their businesses. Totally. Well, thanks for coming on and for chatting. Uh, where can people find you if they want to reach out to you? Um, or anything coming up that you're excited about? Yeah, so I'd say the best way to find me is actually on Instagram, Emily Eliza Moyer, and the and on my website, emilyelizamoyer.com. And coming up, you know, I actually I'm still doing a ton of little events and workshops that you can find announced on my Instagram and on my website. So if you're interested in sort of coming to meet me in person or try something out in Chicago, that's a great place to find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so so much for coming on. I. Um, my wheels are like turning and this episode just gets me fired up because anytime <laughs> I can talk about going from my full-time job to freelance, it just grounds me and reminds yeah. me like, oh yeah, I was in that really awkward, sticky yeah. point in my life at one point and yeah, you get out of it, but it's a process and it's, it doesn't happen overnight. No, it's definitely a messy, a messy, sticky process for <laughs> sure, but it's so worth it. <laughs> If there are discussions, topics, conversations that you guys want to hear more of, go ahead and email thefreelancehustle at alishatova.com. That's thefreelancehustle at alishatova.com. And let's chat more about it. I am all ears. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and I'll see you next week for another episode of The Freelance Hustle. Stay productive. Bye all. Editing and original music by Camden Stacy and my manager slash producer of the show, Sonia Garlick. Thanks so much for listening all. Stay tuned for more episodes each week and make sure to hit that subscribe button. I'm Alicia Tova and you are listening to The Freelance Hustle.